Hi, Housers. Welcome back to Hows We Manage. Today, we are going to be kicking off a brand new series to our podcast called Open House. Yep, that's another house one. Uh, but anyways, in this new series, we'll be interviewing different individual contributors across the company, and you will get an inside look into their role, their team, how they add value to house, what a day in the life looks like, all that good stuff. And this series is coming from many things that you all have expressed over the years, everything from feeling a bit siloed in your role or your team and, and not understanding what else is going on in the company. Other people have shared with us that they have an interest in a different role in their department or maybe even a different department altogether, but they just would like more information to be sure, or they just want more exposure to better understand. And then we also have people that work in roles in which they partner with different teams or housers outside of their department. And it can be confusing to keep track of what everyone does, the lingo that they use, all that good stuff. So this series will help with all of that. You will gain a more comprehensive look into the business. You'll get helpful information for future career moves and ultimately just gain a deeper understanding of different teams in order to more effectively work together. So we will be talking to people in every department. There will be no stone that will be left unturned here. Some of the episodes will be in our regular podcast format. So just audio like this one today. And then others will be special live episodes that you can hop on and watch live. So with that, welcome to our very first open house. In today's episode, I will be talking to David Hall, who is a senior learning and development specialist for industry solutions. And if you're confused on what on earth that means or what that role is, keep listening. He's going to explain. All right. Well, welcome, David. Thanks for chatting with me today. Thanks for having me. I know that typically you're used to facilitating conversations because of your role, but today it's kind of flipped and I've got you in the hot seat. Are you ready? I am. I'm going to try to be a good student for you. I love that. Okay, awesome. Well, as I shared earlier, you are a senior learning and development specialist in industry solutions. So talk to us about what exactly learning and development is and what the learning and development specialists even do. Sure. The learning and development specialists work to make sure everybody in the company has the tools that they need to be successful. So whether that's onboarding new hires or training our current reps on a specific initiative, you know, we handle that. And also at House, an interesting thing that we do here that I don't see at a lot of other companies is a lot of times we're in charge of the messaging behind changes in our software and our processes as well. So not only do we make and facilitate the trainings, but we're in charge of assuring that reps feel like the changes make sense and that they're rolled out in a smooth fashion. And we do it all with a team of about eight here in the United States. So it's all hands on deck all the time. Yes, I can definitely relate to that small but but mighty team, that all hands on deck. Um, and, and you just shared that at its core, L&D is about, one, onboarding new hires, and then two, training existing employees on the product and, and changes to it, stuff like that. So that is how you, of course, are supporting our housers internally. But how would you say that then that work helps support our customers externally? Right. For me, the equation is simple. It's that knowledgeable reps mean happy customers. So by providing a good onboarding experience or valuable continued ed, we're able to assure that our reps are competent and confident when they're speaking to our pros. Absolutely. That would be a good L&D tagline, competent and confident. I love it. 
Um, so let's take it one step further, though. Like, how does your work now support the company mission overall? Mm -hmm. I know one of our core values here is we build the future. And that's what the L&D team really spends the most time doing. You know, mm -hmm. how do we ensure that this onboarding class is even better than the last? You know, how will this training on the software lead to more adoption of the estimates tool? So we're constantly thinking about two or three months into the future, not mm -hmm. just how can we be successful now, but how are we going to make our reps successful with any upcoming changes to House Pro and things of that nature? Yeah, I love that you brought up that future piece because I know that L&D is part of the greater sales planning and enablement team, which is responsible for that future piece when it comes to sales. And so for those who are listening who aren't aware of what sales planning and enablement is, it's exactly as the term suggests. It is planning for sales and enabling sales to happen. And um, so L&D actually fits within that to help enable all that. So David, could you talk more about how that how the L&D piece fits into that? Sure, sure. We don't really do much planning, but we definitely fall into the <laughs> enablement piece of it uh, by giving the people the knowledge that they need, you know, the tools mm -hmm. that they need to be successful. Uh, that's what our L&D team does. So whether you're new or tenured, we can be there to help, you know, keep you up to date and comfortable with the latest changes on what's going on with House Pro or with what's happening with our selling strategy, which we do adjust from time to time. Mm -hmm. So, so like we talked about, you're you're part of the smaller team L and D within this bigger one, sales planning and enablement. Um, just like most of us are, and so I'd love to hear more about just your team culture as a whole. How would you describe the working environment? Mm -hmm. uh, we're we're all really close. We like to get together and just cut it up sometimes, have a good time, <laughs> talk over Zoom. But what I love about the role is that it's really collaborative. We work on our projects together all the time, so there's mm -hmm. a real sense of team ownership and pride over everything. And our team is really good about recognition as well. Our director is constantly shouting us out in the group chat and going over everybody's accomplishments during team meetings. So I definitely don't feel unloved. <laughs> and all in all, it's a great work environment. I have to say that is so great to hear. I mean, one, that you all approach your work with like a, a team perspective where everyone's taking ownership and pride over the things that you work on. I'm sure that obviously creates an environment where high quality work is produced and even just like a high level achievement because you all care so much. And also just hearing that it's a warm environment where recognition is valued. It's obviously so important that our achievements are recognized on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and speaking of like achievements and recognition, what would you say is like the focus or goals of the L&D team overall this year? Given that we're not hiring as aggressively as in years past, our big focus is going to be the success of our current reps. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a pretty common goal probably for many teams mm -hmm. right now, which is right. like reassessing current efforts and programs, refining improving, improvement. So that is really helpful to, to hear. Um, I wanted to move now into getting kind of in the weeds mm -hmm. of what it is that you do. So I would love to know truly what a day in the life looks like for an L&D specialist. Mm -hmm. It really depends what we're working on. If we're doing a new hire training, virtually every second is accounted for during that two-week time period because we want to make sure that we give the trainees as much knowledge as possible. So it's action-packed from day one to day 10 and very fast-paced. Uh, when there's not an onboarding class, we usually are working on continued ed of some sort. That means a lot of outlines, screenshots, and Google Slides. And while things move a little bit slower when there's not a class, we're flexing our problem-solving muscles a lot to help out with whatever leadership is looking for. 
Yeah. And and I know that you started actually as an L&D specialist and then you got promoted to where you're at now, which is a senior L&D specialist. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure like it, it sounds like when you just talked about like you have a lot of variety in the work that you do and I'm sure right. it only increased after you got promoted. So I'd love to hear more about how exactly your responsibilities changed when that happened. Right. The biggest shift was as an L&D specialist. My main focus was on new hire training pretty much mm -hmm. all day, every day. And as a senior, I've switched my focus more towards helping existing reps be more successful. So I think the buzzword in the industry for it is upskilling. And it's been really fun because every day is a new challenge. I still do new hire trainings too, but my plate is a little bit more in favor of those continuing eds these days. And for a few years, it was almost entirely new hire stuff. Yeah. And do you primarily then, because obviously, you know, as you're talking about your role, you work a lot with housers, like sales reps and account managers and onboarding specialists, people like that. And then obviously you work with your immediate team. Um, outside of that, do you work with anyone else, like maybe the management leadership level or individuals mm -hmm. in other departments? All right. The answer to that is all of the above. The best part about mm -hmm. this role is that you get to know virtually every single person at house, at least in industry solutions where I work. I work with all the different job roles and all the different managers, all the different leadership. So it's a really good way just to get to know everybody and how everyone fits into the bigger picture. Yeah. I, it sounds like your role has a lot of variety, not only in the work that you do, but also like the relationships you get to build, which I feel like is definitely a perk. It's a privilege. It makes work so fun. It probably really helps with your development and your growth, just having that exposure to other people. So right. that's really awesome. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I want to move into kind of my favorite part of the interview, which is getting into the nitty gritty of your job, kind of just talking about the highlights, the lowlights, getting some insight. Um, but before we talk specifically about those things, I actually want to take a step back and get a better understanding of how you even ended up in learning and development to begin with. Well, my first job out of college was teaching high school English. I actually moved out to Phoenix as part of Teach for America, and this was the city where they assigned me. I really loved teaching, but I was not in love with that paycheck. It was no good. So I decided to switch into the corporate world after that. And then when you moved into the corporate world, what what uh, type of work were you doing? I did IT for a couple of years. And mm -hmm. then I was an AE at a different company before I switched into a CSM role here okay. at House. And from there, I joined the learning and development team. Yeah. So what made you want to, to pivot out of being a CSM or a client success manager into the learning and development space? Right. I think it was the ability to impact more than just the 500 accounts I had in my mm -hmm. name. You know, as an L&D specialist, I can have an impact on 50,000 accounts, you know, by the AEs that I train, by the CSMs, the client success managers that I train, the sales development reps, all of that stuff. So it lets me have a much broader impact mm -hmm. on the company and a much more far reaching impact. Yeah. Um, and, and earlier we talked about how the work that you do, you know, and you just mentioned now impacts housers and then by association our customers and knowing that you play such a critical role in the sales process. Like what would you say is truly the most rewarding part of your role? I, yeah. I really like watching people advance in their careers. It's awesome to me when someone I trained as a new hire gets promoted to a new role or becomes a manager and I love it when somebody improves their numbers after we do a continued ed session and qualifies for that next level up for that account executive or that client success promotion. Yes, I love that. It's no surprise that you are in like the learning and development space if that is what energizes you and brings you joy about your role. We feel the same way in talent development. So I, I totally understand you there. Um, and I think it's only fair to give an accurate, holistic 
depiction of your job. So you've talked about what you love about, you know, the role that you have. So now I want to know what, you know, really is the most challenging part of being an L&D specialist. Right. That's an easy one. It's all the different software that I have to know. Mm -hmm. So not Mm -hmm. only do I need to know the soft skills of each of the job roles that I train, you know, the call flows and the objection handling, but each role comes with its own unique suite of third-party software. And each Mm -hmm. of these programs has its own unique interface, and they're all constantly changing, sometimes literally right in the middle of a training. We'll do a session on a piece of software, we will log back into it the next day, and it looks completely different. So it's like juggling six balls to keep up with all the technology I have to be responsible for. Yeah, it sounds like that's also probably what you love the least about your job, right? Yes, yes. Those two overlap on the Venn diagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know that you've been at House for, gosh, it's close to six years now, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously you've done a lot over your time here. What would you say is like your biggest accomplishment to date at House? Right. It's actually a pretty recent one, not that long ago. We did a training Mm -hmm. for our client retention team that's increased their save percentage by around 100%. And they worked really hard in those sessions and are applying what they've learned and they have the results to show for it. So it's really great that we were able to make a training that was useful. And it's really awesome to see them take ownership of it and really try to go with the path that we prescribed and see those awesome results come from it. Yeah, that is so exciting. I think it's always so fun when you can see a clear, identifiable like contribution to the business from the work that you do. So I can only imagine how proud you all were of that, how exciting that was to to see that happen. So that is so great. Um, What would you say then is maybe the most interesting thing that you've worked on? Right. It, it was a while ago now, but the rollout of House Pro that we did back in early 2020 was very interesting. I know 2020 was an interesting year for the world, but yeah. uh, we were rolling that out right around the time coronavirus hit. But mm-hmm. back in the day, we didn't have any business management software. It was all just advertising. So when we incorporated House Pro, that business management software into it, we did a complete overhaul of all of our training materials and the whole product as well. And it was a lot of work, but it was fun to see all those little pieces fit together and how this new suite of products, this end-to-end solution could really Mm -hmm. benefit our pros. Yeah. I mean, as someone that was at the company, when that transition happened, that was such a massive undertaking to go from advertising to switching over to to software sales. And you guys really, like you said, you had to overhaul everything and retrain everyone, which is massive. So you guys Mm -hmm. played a huge role in that, which from watching is just so incredible to see. So you guys are all rock stars for making that happen. Um, But I know, you know, through all the things that you've shared, you know, in the last couple of minutes that you worked with many people across the company. So Mm -hmm. this might be a really hard question to answer, but who do you maybe look up to the most at house or who has maybe influenced you the most? Right, right. Uh, Well, I'm going to get brownie points and also give you the most obvious answer (laughs) on this one at the same time. I'd probably say it's our director, Courtney Stripmotter. She was Mm -hmm. my manager for a long time. And she's always really positive and works hard to make sure that we're happy and equipped to excel at our jobs. But there's one thing in particular that I appreciate about her and that it's she lets me be me. Uh, I enjoy keeping things light and joking around in a work appropriate manner, of yeah. course. Right? <laughs> yeah, gotta, gotta say that. And at my previous company, I was actually denied a promotion because they felt that I didn't take things seriously enough. Wow. And that really hurt my feelings because while I do like to have fun, I also take my work extremely seriously. Mm-hmm. And I had stayed with that previous company through a lot of tough times and turnover. So it just kind of felt like a slap in the face. Needless to say, I left shortly thereafter and came to house. 
And now my sense of humor and that element that I bring to things is listed as a positive, uh, you mm-hmm. know, in our one-on-ones, in our annual reviews. So it feels good to be authentically myself every day because life is too short to do otherwise. Yes, that is so true. I love that you bring that up. Such a good point. Like being able to be yourself at work is so important to your overall happiness on a day-to-day day-to-day basis. So to hear that that here at House has been celebrated and really encouraged by your leadership, just so nice to hear. So shout out to Courtney if you're listening. You're the best. Um, Before we close out this section, I would actually love to know just maybe one thing that you wish people knew about the L&D role. Mm -hmm. Uh, We want to make sure that our trainings are as relevant as possible. So we're always glad to take suggestions, especially from our reps that are out on the front lines every day. So if you do have a suggestion, We have an email address you can email. We have an intake form that I'm sure we can somehow get attached to this podcast that we can give to people because we really want to give trainings that are relevant uh, to the job and are close to what our reps are looking for, things that are really going to help them be successful. And the only way we know that is Mm -hmm. by soliciting feedback. Absolutely. I love that. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Any ideas or suggestions, we'll definitely get the link to that intake form and link it down below in the show notes of the episode. But I love that you all are so open to getting that feedback. Such a great mindset to have. So thank you for for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I want to transition in to talking about skills. So this will really help. I feel like anyone listening who um, really, you know, wants to better understand what it takes to succeed in your role. So if, if you are listening who maybe you have an interest in moving into the L&D space one day, this is definitely the time to take your pen out, write down some notes. Um, I know, David, that, that, you know, there are both technical slash like hard skills and then soft skills that are needed to be successful at work. And so mm-hmm. for anyone listening who maybe hasn't heard of those terms before, technical slash hard skills are things like being able to like analyze data or web development. And then soft skills, on the other hand, they focus more on how you interact with people and solve problems and manage your work. So examples of that are things like communication or, you know, resourcefulness. So like our competencies in the house competency framework. And I want to talk more about the skills, David, that you need for your role. And I want to start with the technical side. So what Mm -hmm. technical or hard skills are truly needed to be successful as an L&D specialist? Right. Now that we're going all in on our business management software, the ability to pick up something like House Pro, pick up a new Mm -hmm. piece of software and adapt to changes quickly is key. So the more quickly you can pick up something new and walk yourself through it, the better. And Mm -hmm. secondly, is a solid grasp on writing, editing, and design. I have to make virtually all of the materials for our continuing eds myself. So it's important that they make sense and look good. Templates Mm -hmm. help me with the design part because you can reuse templates, swap out the pictures and things like that. But the writing and the editing is extremely unique to each topic at hand. So you need to definitely have strong skills in that department. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then what would you say, kind of what about the soft skills side? So you work obviously really closely with housers, department leaders, managers, like what Mm -hmm. soft skills do you rely on that have made you successful? Right. I would say two are critical. The first is patience. A lot Mm. of people I talk to, whether they work at house or -hmm. they're friends of mine, say that they could never do L&D, new hire training, because they don't have the patience to work with people who don't know what they're doing. But to me, that's (laughs) exactly the point. Of course, they don't know what they're doing yet. They just started. Mm -hmm. So reminding myself of that fact makes me calm and patient during those new hire trainings. And the second I would say is probably working with 
little direction. I put together a lot of continuing ed sessions and oftentimes my directive is maybe one sentence, something like, hey, mm -hmm. we want to increase software adoption or we want to lower our credit card declines. From there, it's up to me to put together an entire training from soup to nuts. I'm talking outline, materials, quizzes, supplemental stuff. I have to do all of that based off a one sentence directive. It's definitely a skill I had to work at, but I'm super comfortable with it now. Yeah, I think that is such a great thing to point out, an incredible skill that is definitely necessary to be successful. And so if someone listening is interested in moving into the L&D world, um, outside of, you know, being able to, to work with Little Direction, what mm -hmm. advice or recommendations would you have to people to, to make that happen? Right. My advice is actually pretty specific. So let's say yeah. we have a an opening on the team that pops up. Ask the L&D team about the interview process, especially how to prepare a mock facilitation because that's part of our interview. Mm -hmm. So before I interviewed, I worked with the L&D specialist in our office on my mock facilitation. The first idea I had sucked. She was kind <laughs> enough to let me know that in no uncertain terms. And then she gave me details on how to improve my um, delivery and also just choosing a new topic to make it along with what the leadership was looking for. So by the time I actually had my interview, my mock mm -hmm. facilitation was a slam dunk. You only get one shot to impress. So take the time to really nail it down before the interview. Absolutely. I think so often people feel, I would say, like really alone in their career journey. And while, you know, of course, you have to own your development, you don't have to do it alone. Like there are people that are more than happy to help by answering your questions and pointing you towards information and connecting you with someone, because odds are, you know, someone else lent them a helping hand in the past, just like you shared. So right. again, if anyone listening is interested, reach out to David or someone on the L&D team. Um, and my last question here before we close out with a few fun rapid fire questions mm -hmm. is, you know, we wouldn't be talent development without asking about development. So how do you invest in your own professional development? Right. Uh, I'm a big believer in that experience is the best teacher. So whenever there's a new initiative on our team, I always raise my hand to volunteer with it mm -hmm. because it helps you learn a lot about the business and meet new people along the way. And that sounds like a, a win-win to me, right? I get to know more yeah. about house as a whole. And I get to meet new people that help me enhance my understanding and be helpful to my career possibly down the road. Absolutely. There is nothing like getting your hands in and getting your hands dirty in something new and, and participating in new opportunities. So love that. Great advice. Um, all right. So I have a few uh, rapid fire fun questions. Um, this first one is something that I love to ask everyone, which is if House told you that you had to pick a new role within the company tomorrow, mm -hmm. and it could be anything, just not the one that you're in now, what would it be for you? Right. I would probably be a client success manager again. I already did oh. that for a few years. So I feel like I could hit the ground running pretty quickly and get my stride back. Yeah. You're so practical. I feel like when I ask people this, they like dream big with something that's totally different I'm, from what they're doing. Of course, I'm going to say CEO, but I, I don't think yeah. that position is going to be open anytime soon. Yeah. So I, I, <laughs> I'm trying subtle. to live in the present in, in reality here. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Uh, now this next one, I'm going to preemptively say, anyone listening, do not hold this against David because I'm going to put him in the hot seat with this. But David, who is your favorite group to work with or train in industry solutions? Right, right. Okay, well, we're going to be alienating about half the company <laughs> here. But I got to say that I love uh, training CSMs, client success managers. Mm -hmm. It's what I know best because I did it. So naturally, yes. it's my favorite training to do because all of my advice comes from a place of experience. I have done it. Yes, I was an AE slash SDR at a previous company. So mm -hmm. I know how to do new sales. 
But with CSM content, it's stuff I've actually done. But I do love my AEs and my SDRs, though. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Yes. No one said David, any hate mail. Okay. No, no I get honest. enough of that already. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, last up here, and this is, you know, David and I both do facilitation as our job. So it's like one facilitator asking another, we, we understand each other on this level. Like what is the pet peeve that someone can do during a training you're facilitating that just makes your skin crawl? Right. I think it's when people aren't open to learning our processes here. I understand that they might have knowledge from a previous company. It might have worked at your last mm -hmm. company, but it is a different rodeo here. We have years and years of facilitation experience. Our reps have years and years of success based on what we've taught them. So just trust the process, uh, to put it in sports terms. Trust the process. We know what we're doing. Uh, we always respect knowledge that people bring in, but that's something that we want to fold in over time, not something that we want to go with right away, just throwing all the best practices to the wind. You're welcome to take things out that don't work for you over time, but try to stick to that process as much as you can when you first start, because it's been well vetted and used with a successful rate for years and years at this point. I love it. That is so thoughtful. I was just going to say when people have their camera off, but I love that. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're sneezing or picking their yeah. nose or something so they, they can keep it off. Oh man. What a great way to end on that one. Picking your nose. Let's not do that next time, folks. Not. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, David, willing to chat with me. It is so clear from this conversation today that L&D team truly, for all of you listening, you guys are the backbone of the sales team. You play such a critical role in just helping the sales team make things happen. So we appreciate you. And thank you so much, David, for really giving us a peek into your world and being the very first open house that we hosted. Uh, it was a pleasure to be here. Well, there you have it, Housers. I am actually recording this segment after my interview with David um, and just spent some time reflecting on our conversation. There were so many interesting and insightful takeaways from the things that he shared. I truly have such a newfound appreciation for our L&D all-stars. The talent development world is actually very similar to learning and development, which is a conversation for another day, but we definitely speak a similar language and really understand the work that each other does. So I can say with full confidence that the value that they bring to the organization is immeasurable and the work that they do is really challenging, but so critical. Um, even though, as David explained, like they're embedded into this sales org, they really do have such a large ripple effect even beyond that. And so I'm really glad that you all were able to get that deep dive look into this team to better understand their challenges and their wins and what their day-to-day -day looks like. And again, if you are someone who does have a vested interest in moving into this one day and this interview just further confirmed that dream for you, now is the time to take some steps to better prepare yourself for that future goal. So and initiate a conversation with your manager about your interests. Talk to people in L&D to get your questions answered. You can fill out an IDP with your manager or even use the professional development reimbursement program to develop a skill that David talked about today. There are so many options here at House to help make your career goals a reality. So with that, we have reached the end of today's episode. Thank you all for your time and for tuning in to this very first episode of our new series. Please reach out if you enjoyed the interview and if you'd like to hear more of them or even if you have an idea of a role that you think would be great to feature in a future interview. I am all ears. So with that, I will talk to you all next time. 